Hey everybody, this is Miss Akimoto, and our read aloud is going to be Flying Solo by Ralph Fletcher. This is one of my favorite stories, especially to start the year with. Um, and it's about a group of students who find themselves in a particular situation. It's a realistic fiction story. And the cool thing about it is that every chapter is told from a different character's point of view. And the entire, almost the entire story takes place over just one day in school. So let's dive in and get started with Flying Solo. Friday, April 28th, 7.03 a.m., Rachel White. So this chapter starts at 7 in the morning on Friday and is told from Rachel White's perspective. Rachel lay in bed, reading, waiting until the absolute last possible minute when she had to put down her book and get out of bed. Many people believe that it is air passing under the wings that supports the plane as it flies, she read. In fact, it is the air passing over the wings that provides the lift that keeps the airplane in the air. Rachel, mom yelled, come on gal, shake a leg. Rachel sighed and looked up from her book at the posters around her bedroom. Amelia Earhart, Charles Lindbergh, Sally Ride, John Glenn. It was hard to believe that they all had to go to school too. So if you don't know who those um, people are, those are actually famous pilots and famous astronauts. So we can kind of see a theme on the things Rachel likes. She's reading about airplanes and how they work. She has posters of different pilots and people who work in air flight. Rachel swung her legs out of bed and stumbled into the bathroom. She didn't look forward to school much these last six months. There wasn't much to enjoy, except for Mr. Fabiano. He was by far the greatest teacher she had ever had. Smart and funny and simply gorgeous with black, black eyes that could always find a place deep inside her. She had a crush on him, all right. Not that she was alone. Most of the other sixth grade girls had crushes on Mr. Fob. She would never call him that nickname. No way. It made her think of Fab Laundry Detergent. She would always think of him as Mr. Fabiano. Rachel leaned forward to wash her face with cold water. She brushed her teeth, rinsed her mouth, and cleared her throat. The guttural sound startled her. Um, A guttural sound is sort of a harsh sound. The guttural sound started her. There was a hint of her voice in that sound that she had not heard and she had not heard her voice in the past six months. She remembered the day it happened. Tommy Feathers, a kid in her sixth grade class, had brought to class some raspberry pies he'd made at his parents' bakery. Tommy had brought a wedge of pie for everyone, but he put the biggest piece of pie on her desk. Tommy smiled at her. He had a rather big head and an annoying habit of humming loudly in class. He was a little slow, Already he had been kept back twice so that he was two years older than anybody else in the sixth grade. It was no secret that he was in love with her. Every day he tried to give her cards, stories, seashells, and now this huge chunk of raspberry pie. She tried not to be mean, but sometimes he really got on her nerves. I don't like sweets, she said, pushing the pie back towards him. After school, Tommy showed up at her house, something he had never done before. I made you a whole pie, he said, grinning and holding it out to her. A whole pie made from yellow raspberries. They're like gold. Gold is my favorite color. Golden raspberries, Mom exclaimed. Really? How marvelous. I never heard of such a thing. We picked them in New Hampshire, Tommy explained, still flashing that foolish grin. In New Hampshire. 
I told you I don't like pie, Rachel told Tommy. I don't eat sweets. How many times do I have to tell you? Tommy lowered his eyes and bit his lower lip. Well, I certainly do, Mom said, taking the pie from him. Thank you, Tommy. I'm going to enjoy every bite. So, I'm looking back at what I just read at this thing that happened that um, Rachel has someone in her class who annoys her a little bit, and it sounds like she kind of snapped at him about the pie thing. And um, that's going to end up being kind of a major event. Really think when you're listening to this, why did the author put this in this story? Everything kind of has a purpose in here. That was on October 28th. Next morning, her best friend Missy phoned her to tell her the news. Tommy Feathers was dead. He died in his sleep, Missy said. Oh my God, Rachel whispered into the telephone. She stared at the TV, a stupid cop show. A detective had just handcuffed a suspect, and the man looked guilty. Scruffy beard, haunted eyes, wild hair. The detective started to read the man his rights. You have the right to remain silent, he began. What does that mean? The subject interrupted. It means you have the right to be quiet, the detective snapped. Now shut up and listen. Rachel was half aware of Missy's voice in her ear talking over the telephone, but she couldn't get beyond those five words. The right to remain silent. She could see them in her head. The right to remain silent. What happened? Mom asked when Rachel put down the phone. And Rachel tried to answer. She tried to say it. Tommy Feathers is dead. She reached deep down inside herself to find those words, but they were cold when she touched them. Frozen. She knew those words could never fly. Things got pretty crazy after that. Mom talked to her, pleaded, begged, cried. That night and for many nights after, Mom held Rachel in her arms. Mom wept and talked and begged some more. Why won't you talk to your mother? Mom asked. I can't, Rachel wrote on a small pad of paper. Oh my God. Her last word, God. Her father had telephoned all the way from his cattle ranch in New Mexico. Rachel held the phone against her cheek and tried to picture him, the hat and the expensive boots, while she listened to his voice. I don't get it, he said. A boy in your class dies and you stop talking. It makes no sense. What's the connection? Rachel breathed into the phone. Mom set up appointments with counselors, psychologists, therapists. A a specialist named Dr. Bang Jansen diagnosed her as selective mute, a person who chooses not to speak. She explained to Rachel and her mother that often this kind of reaction is caused by some kind of profound emotional trauma. The condition is temporary, Dr. Bang Jansen said, usually. So I want to take a second and talk about Um, what is selective mutism and um, the doctor explains it as it's someone who chooses not to speak but it's a little more than that it's usually something terrible has happened and that person physically is able to speak but emotionally they can't so it's not just deciding I'm not going to talk today it's usually something where no matter how hard you try you just can't really get words out and that's what selective mutism is So for Rachel, the trauma of Tommy dying, the kind of that terrible feeling, probably especially due to the fact that the last thing she said to him wasn't very nice. 
and then he he dies suddenly that has made such an effect on Rachel that she's not able to speak anymore not physically but emotionally she's not able to so let's read the next part sometimes mom wrote notes they'd make a pot of tea and sit in the kitchen both of them silent writing back and forth I'm so worried about you I'm okay mom your father said it's as if your voice died along with that poor boy I told him her voice isn't dead it's only sleeping maybe or maybe it's just frozen there must be some way to thaw it out and that's an interesting connection because didn't Rachel say when what it felt like was when she reached inside herself to say the words that Tommy Feathers was dead that those words were frozen so that's kind of how she's imagining her words feeling is frozen Writing notes back and forth helped to reassure Mom a tiny bit, but now there was a panicky light in her eyes. The doorbell rang. It was Missy, come to walk her to school. Hi, Missy, Mom said. Hi, Mrs. White, Missy said. Mom turned back and looked at Rachel. You look terrific, she said. You always look smashing in that skirt. Rachel leaned into Mom's hug. Keep your eyes peeled on the way to school, Mom whispered. Okay, honey, and if you happen to spot that voice of yours lying on the ground, well, just pick it up and bring it on home. Rachel closed her eyes and nodded. Mom said the same thing, word for word, every morning. So, I want to do a couple quick clarifying points. So, this chapter was all Rachel's point of view. Tomorrow's chapter is going to be a different character, but um, the events with Tommy Feathers... Um, Tommy Feathers passed away six months before this date in the book, which is um, April 28th. So that was six months prior. So we see Rachel now, and then we get a glimpse six months into her past. And now we're back to April 28th. So tomorrow we will find out about our next character, Bastion. And until then, I hope you enjoyed the story.